Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio, Simpsons Edition. It's your main man, J-Mac, here on this gorgeous Tuesday evening here at Sensibly Loud HQ, Dallas, Texas. I'm joined by Mountain Carl and B-Easy. Brandon, what's going on, boys? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Carl? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Carl. I love that Carl has a built-in character named after him on The Simpsons already. True that. <laughs> Yeah, I am, I'm one half of the Lenny Carl construct. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Well, we're going to be talking Simpsons today. This is a show that's one of my favorite shows in the whole world. We've been talking about doing this really since we started the show. And I feel like, especially now that we have three of us, it's a good time to really sit down and start diving into what we love about this show, some of the brilliance of this show. And we're going to do our top 10 characters of all time on The Simpsons, which I... I can't tell you how many times this list's changed for me. I don't know about you guys. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's changed quite a bit. And point of order, J Mac, this is top ten ancillary characters that are yes. not the family members. So we're gonna do uh, a little bit more of a deep dive here. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna be fun. It's outside the family. It's no fit core family members. So I mean, if you want to have like Patty and Selma and yours, you're welcome to. I I would probably disagree with you, but you know, regardless. We're going to basically work outside those family constructs and confines there. So Taking last-minute notes over here, and no, I'm just going <laughs> to... And, like, I suppose, like, Grandpa would be fine kind of thing, but, I mean, he's still a core family member to me, right? I mean, where do you guys weigh in there? Yep, correct. Yeah, Abe, Abe would definitely be part of the core family. I do love Abe. So let's talk about that first, I guess, before we get into the ancillary characters. So who, like... Give me your ranking of just family members in general. Um, if I had to pick, it would definitely be uh, Barton Homer at the top. Okay. And uh, Marge has got her moments. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's she's got her episodes that are pretty fun. Mm -hmm. um, for But for the most part, she's kind of, you know, the straight man. She's and been, then, yeah, uh, she's the stick in the mud. She's meant to she's be that this, way. She's a stick in the mud, but but Lisa is the antagonist of the show. And I, I, will, I will stand by that 100%. Yeah, no, I, I don't think any... Other than the hockey episode, I don't think there's a great Lisa episode. And maybe even the one whenever she becomes a vegetarian, that one's a pretty good one. But that's more pretty great funny. because of like the stuff that happens around her. So, right. you know, I, I would agree with that for the most part. I love... I, I definitely think Marge has her moments. For sure. But I think yeah. home I mean, Homer's number one for me because Homer is the perfect all American. I mean, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like everything that Homer goes through, the job that he has, uh, you know, everything when it comes to work, family, stuff that stresses him out, stuff that gets him excited, you know, I think it it definitely relates to the all American every man for sure. And and really and truly, he's an absolute bozo. So it's really kind of spot on. Like, we're all a bunch of morons just in general, right? I mean, we all have yeah, those moments. Definitely my base setting, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've always loved, like, there are very certain things that I've loved about this show. And, like, 
when I think about this show, I go like seasons like the first couple are always really weird in any show because you're really trying to get like the base of what's happening. You, you haven't really figured it out yet. Right. I mean, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the animation actually in the first one or two seasons is actually kind of spotty here and there. Like right. you're it doesn't even look like the, the same show. I mean, between then and now. Well, so. and I mean, it was. 1991 you know i mean it it just the technology changes there too but i just uh i've always loved though that they've stayed true to that like overall look no matter how old this show has gotten so like i look at like i've never really seen i'd say past season 15 i haven't seen any of them and like it's very spotty from like 11 to like 14 or so it's very spotty of what i've seen so is, is that writer's strike territory what is what is going on there i mean because i i know that there are definitely some some real misses as far as seasons go right there in the middle and it kind of changes dynamic moving forward so i mean it does i, I think you had a lot of things change at that point in time though because you had family guy come along and you kind of still had to compete with that. That was the thing that made The Simpsons so great was that it stood on its own always. And it didn't really... It's funny and it's stupid funny because of... It's a very specific type of humor. I mean, like, Conan O'Brien was a main writer for the first, like, six seasons of that show. And it shows. Like, that. so much of that is just weird, off-the-wall, deep references. I mean, I would say 90% of world events I learned about growing up watching The Simpsons first and then, like, saw, like, you know casablanca or whatever and be like oh that was on the simpsons and they did that in like 22 minutes amazing you know like i run into those things still all the time of just worldly references it's a brilliantly written show yeah they did a lot of the bits and everything where they actually see they, they were all creative and they were they were uh they were fun enough without being jarring when it comes to well it wasn't like 80 adhd bits you know, kind of like the family <laughs> yeah. guy, you know, chicken fights and stuff like yeah. that. It's, Which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's no, just different. No, there's a time and place for that, right? Sure. I mean, it's just the Simpsons had their own formula and, and it worked. And it's been on how many seasons now? What, 20 something? Uh, I think they just passed 25. My Lord. Yeah. And I mean, it's still going strong. I think uh, you mentioned the writer strike and everything. There was the point in time where they took the main writers off the Simpsons to write the Simpsons movie. Okay, and you didn't have that generation of people that were protective of the Simpsons, and, gotcha. and the world that they construct. So, like, I always thought it was like a really important dynamic that you never really had like Homer cheat on Marge. Ultimately, he got close a couple of times, but he, you know, like he ultimately prevailed as the ultimate lovable family guy, you know. And before Family Guy was a thing, but like you know, the family man kind of thing. And like, I always yeah, loved he- that about it. He has that dopey charm that everyone everyone loves. Some right. people even envy. Dude, I mean, if you could just walk around like Homer Simpson for like a day, I mean, you couldn't complain with that. No, the the blissful ignorance is exactly uh, a benchmark for a lot of people on this earth. So let's go for it. Brandon, where does Bart fall for you? Uh, well, before I give you my thoughts, the I just wanted to share this. So I looked it up. The first episode date was December 17th, 1989. That's how old this show is. That's crazy. And wow. it was on the Tracy Ullman show before that. Yeah. So it's, right. it's now uh, it's at 30 seasons. 30 seasons. That's right. I knew that just passed a big uh, mile marker or landmark. 
yeah, huge pitch yeah block. pretty crazy um for a show to be on that long but yeah <clears throat> to me bart was always the he's always the quintessential terrorist of the show yeah uh you know, <laughs> he was always though. instigating stuff yeah. and i think that's he's a big reason as to why when i was really really young i was you know prohibited from watching watching the simpsons yeah you know, like <laughs> because they didn't want me to become an asshole right yep. so but uh as far as my thoughts on the simpsons goes as, as far as tv show the the thing that i really respect about it uh and they they covered this on like you know cnn had that you know the 1990s and stuff it, it's just it was really the first show to come out that kind of mirrored what american society is about and pop culture and you know how things are covered and how ridiculous over the top a lot of things are so uh how they were able to humorize that and kind of inform people like hey this is how ridiculous things are you know before south park came along before all these other shows came along uh that's what i really respect about it, is that they were the first ones to really do that yeah yeah i mean definitely you, let us oh, oh go sorry ahead. go ahead uh, i was gonna say they, they let us laugh at ourselves exactly and, uh, and very, very critical stuff that, you know, at, at the time, I mean, very heady stuff, too. I mean, they really distilled it and they made it fun. So good on them. Exactly. And it didn't have the like, it wasn't necessarily all about the shock factor, but it was definitely shocking in a lot of ways. And like even down to like the way they always marketed that show, like I, I always think of Bart in the Butterfinger ads, which were brilliant. And yep. The Simpsons was in its heyday at that point. Like, it was it was cooking. And that was the perfect time for that ad, but they didn't overdo it with that kind of stuff either. No, good placement. Um, well, I mean, it was it was pretty edgy for back in the day. I mean, I could put this up against other Fox lineup stuff, like uh, what Married with Children and stuff like that, where uh, definitely, definitely had your, uh, your more <laughs> racy humor yeah. going on, so... For it sure. Was good. It was good. I was thinking about Married with Children the other day. The fact that they had that club called the No Mams Club. No Mams. That's right. <laughs> That's so terrible. Oh, God no. Almighty. Again, top, top things that you could not get rid of or uh, away with today. Correct. My yeah. grandmother had that same couch that they had in their living room. Like it was the exact same. Like that was just a really popular couch. And all I could ever think about is Al Bundy sitting there with his hand in his pants. Like it was so <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> so weird. Anyway. But yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, it definitely was edgy at that time. And it continued to be that way until, like, Family Guy came along. I, I just always think back to, like, South Park and Family Guy both. And, like, South Park was always different enough to where it wasn't exactly on the same plane as, like, a cartoon as much as it was just, like, a animation ridiculousness. Like, Robot Chicken's a great example of that. Hilarious, sure. but just a weird ass kind of thing, right? Its own thing. Yeah, and that's always kind of how I looked at those. But then Family Guy kind of bridged that gap for me, and that's how I've always looked at this. And and so they're all great in their own right. I just think the Simpsons felt like they had to get more edgy, and that's where they kind of lost me. And I grew up too. Like I grew up on most of these episodes, and I mean, I'm sure like you guys, you watched them at like five thirty and seven or something like that on the WB, and they were you know in syndication, and they're they're great to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I I got some uh, some seasons on DVD when that was still a thing. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I have was... eleven seasons on DVD that I don't know what to do with. Uh, I know what to do with them. Binge them in Colorado. Absolutely. I mean, we could definitely do that. I have, but they're all streaming now everywhere. So I just stream it from FX now anyway. And Let's so I on. have this giant CD binder full of of the actual discs and the I tape the pamphlets in there too because I mean 
that's artwork in and of itself. I mean, I miss album artwork, don't you guys? Yep. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I went uh, when I showed up and uh, when we showed up to Colorado for the ski trip, and I had a uh, small wallet of DVDs and and Blu-rays and stuff like that. I brought it out to Sambino and I said, "Hey, man, is there anything in here you want to watch?" And he goes, "You still." buy physical media and i never felt like such an old son of a bitch in my life i, I was just like just what tech a, shame I'll, the shit out of you yeah i was just like wow Damn. okay yeah um oh, never mind uh what do you have on streaming I'm sir gonna, i'm gonna go take these uh dvds and stick them right up my ass real quick i'll be right back <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna go play frisbee with these like aol cds yeah. so <laughs> the 500 free hours yep that would be like him to tech shame somebody like that. That's not surprising. He got, he, he got me pretty good. Yeah. No question. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I think we'll have to dive into some of these because Jimmy Midtown's a big Simpsons guy, too. So I think after we get done with the top 10, I think we're going to do some different like mini bonus episodes and stuff where we get some different people in the company's take because Josh is a huge Simpsons guy. Uh, Caitlin's really into the Simpsons. Claire loves the Simpsons. Like we've got a lot of people here that love that kind of humor. I mean, Caitlin might be the closest to me as far as like knowledge of that show of just how many sheer times we've seen those because she still has the DVDs and she watches them every morning while she gets ready in the background. Nice. So she yeah, hears these things all the time. We don't have to stop here. We don't have to stop here. We can keep going. Yeah. And like whenever we get to Halloween, I want to do our favorite Treehouse of Horrors. Like I think that'd be a lot of fun. We could do a big binge watch party of those. Those are always oh, yes. so they great. got some good ones on there. Oh boy. Brother. But yeah, so there's there's tons in this space to talk about. I know that like I'm probably the biggest Simpsons guy of all of us. Um, and and Brandon, you kind of said it yourself, and I think this falls into a lot of people or people fall into this category of you didn't grow up watching it because your parents wouldn't let you because it wasn't a great influence. My mom didn't love it either. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that as well. And uh, Brandon, you mentioned that you know your mother didn't want you to become an asshole. Well, I've got news <laughs> to my mother. She failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I don't think it really made a difference. I always thought that it was a really great look at, at family life because I always knew it was a joke. You know, like I always knew that it's, it's meant to be ridiculous. Like the fact that Homer works at a nuclear power plant with no college degree, no mm-hmm. training, sleeps all day, has no qualms with just pouring a bucket of water over a console that's going off. I mean, just brilliant look at the fact that that's obviously not true. And I don't know how you could really take it that seriously. But I get where parents were coming from at the time. Yeah, the the dialing wand episode where he was fat enough to be in a moo-moo and he was trying to operate a nuclear power plant from home remotely was uh, was probably the, the uh, lowest point for any actual you know person watching that film like watching that uh show who actually works in a nuclear power plant yeah but uh yeah no it's great it's great i mean the sheer premise of the fact that he could just hit buttons from a computer to check all the stuff at the nuclear power plant from home because he's overweight is just he's a nuclear safety inspector like (laughs) how does that happen that nuclear gas don't mind if i do yeah Yeah. Yeah, man, there there are some great episodes. That man, the, every time I think of that episode, all I think about is whenever he goes to the movies and he's just he's too big to fit in the seats, and so he yep. offers to sit in the aisle, and the manager tries to bribe him with a garbage bag full of popcorn. 
It's like that's just such a, a quintessential way they write that show because it's so backhanded. Oh yeah, I and love it. There's so many Easter eggs like that. I love this show, so I'm definitely excited to talk top ten with you guys. This is gonna be great. Let's do it. Let's well, go. so I guess we'll go ten to one, and the way we kind of set this up, and I'll give a little bit of criteria. We tried to look at, for the most part, characters that occur more than one time in the show. So, for instance, like we we look at like Rodney Dangerfield's episode that he was in where he was Larry Burns, Mr. Burns' son. A great episode. Hilarious. He was the perfect actor to be a lazy-ass, you know, trophy salesman who sits by the side of the train track. And, you know, he was, he was perfect in every way. But, like, there was just enough of him, but I wouldn't say that's, like, enough to make him a favorite of all time for me. I don't know about you guys. I've got some one hitters on mine, um, but they were the one I, I basically made the criteria off the people who made me uh, laugh or think the most. Okay. Right. And, and so, yeah, I've got some, some single hitters on mine and then, uh, and then some more regular people, I think, as we go towards the top, but, uh, oh, but yeah, there are certain ones where they hit it out of the park so well that they didn't need a second go round. Yeah. So absolutely to start this, do we have any, like just outside the top 10, like runner ups. Ooh, um, my, my runner up right now, I think may tie with 10, but, uh, probably Duffman. 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 Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Duffman's that, awesome. Talk about Duffman. Duff, Duffman is, uh, this is like in the era right after like Spuds McKenzie and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> they've, they've got like, uh, beer ads and everything that are trying to get like mascots like Mario or Sonic. So it's kind of outrageous and everybody's kind of putting their hat in the ring. But when it comes to uh Simpsons take on it, Duffman's pretty fantastic and that he is like everybody else ageless dressed up in a Duff costume and speaks with a ridiculous voice only until he talks to his agent. Yeah. And and then, <laughs> yeah. And then it gets really like kind of just quiet almost yeah yeah it's 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 very reserved and kind of weaselly and whiny and uh but no i mean i just it's it's one of those characters when he shows up you always get a chuckle out of him so it's it's definitely one of those that is a recurring character that i threw an honorable mention but uh no i i i always enjoyed every single time he was on on the video or god i always say on the video on the uh on On the the tv yeah I, you won't get any complaints out of me about that. I, I all about Duffman. I think maybe Duffman's story wasn't told enough. They should have used a slow day to tell his story a little bit. Yeah, yeah, flesh him out a little bit. But at the same time, kind of to your point, he's in it just enough. Like he just shows oh, yeah. up to ramp up the energy and ramp up the party every time. Like whenever they're having the St. Patty's Day parade, he's up there on the float just yelling and like blasting <laughs> off that beer gun like just ridiculous you know like really amping up the energy though maybe he's got just enough presence so that someone has written pages upon pages of fan fiction so maybe uh, the one yeah. thing we the most that we probably learned about him was whenever he showed up whenever barney stopped drinking so this is actually the episode whenever uh barney loses homer's car in new york city and homer has to go get it ah <laughs> uh, yes and he loses it at the twin towers so that's that's a tough look that yep. makes this episode a little hard to go back on. Kind of dated. A little bit. It doesn't age well, but it also kind of does because it's it's so it's I don't know. It's kind it's of a, a good memory, yeah. you know, kind of thing. 
And and he just hates New York City so much. But Barn he got there because Barney was the designated driver because they got in trouble for driving through the school baseball or yard field or something like that. And so they have to have a designated driver. Well, Barney drew the the short straw to be the designated driver that night. Barney being the bar the complete bar fly who literally lives in the bathroom of the bar is kind of what it seems. At right, times. the back of Moe's, yeah. Yeah, he comes out of, out of the bathroom brushing his teeth in the morning in a robe, so that's upsetting. But <laughs> he ends up winning this big, like, Duff thing where he had mailed in, like, you know, 250 million coupons or whatever, and Duff Man came to throw a party, and he was the DD, and he just couldn't take it, and he got all all freaked out and ran off with the car and, you know, left it in New York. It just turned into a whole whole thing. And so... Duffman always shows up, though, at just the wrong time to amp up the energy like that. Or just the right time. I don't know. Right. So, Who would be your uh, who would be your honorable mention? Brandon, do you have any honorable mentions here first? Uh, I, I actually would say Barney. I mean, he's one of those where he's like your down-on-your-luck buffoon, always drunk at the bar. And, yeah, he sometimes can be like a catalyst for moving the story into a different direction, kind of like you mentioned on that one episode, uh, but not enough to crack the uh, top 10 for me. I, I don't hate that either because Barney, and Barney is is of different skills and stuff like that, right? Like he's, he sings well. He was an astronaut at one point. You right. know, like... <laughs> he was Plow King? He was the, of course he was the Plow King. That was a classic episode. It, it's... Barney's got a lot of great attributes, but he's overall just a bar fly. And I mean, there's the great episode where he made the the video. That, it's the episode that Jay Sherman's in where he made the video and Homer wanted to vote for the the video of the guy getting hit, Hans Molman getting hit in the balls with the football. <laughs> and yes. it was some like video about Barney's life being really tragic and sad and sleeping in the gutter. And everybody was moved by that. And Homer wanted to vote for the most ridiculous one. So, you know, Barney's a, a man of many talents. Like it, he comes up a lot. I don't hate that outside the top 10. Uh, I have two just outside the top 10. This one, the first one is my favorite one hitter of all time. And I, like I said, I tried to make at least characters that had appeared more than once on mine throughout. So that's why the only reason I leave this character off the list, Hank Scorpio is by far one of my favorite characters ever. Great pick. So Homer gets a job at another city simply because he's been at the plant the longest. A great reason to get promoted or to get a better job offer. And ends up going to work for this absolute supervillain. He's great at his job. He's a great motivator. And he doesn't realize that he's working for Hank Scorpio, who's basically Elon Musk, right? He's he's a mix between like Elon Musk and Doctor No. Yeah, right. I mean, like and, <laughs> yeah, and even like the the play on uh, uh, James Bond, like Mister Bont or whatever. Yes, you know. So yeah, the the whole thing is amazing. Um, the fact that hank scorpio is as good of a boss as he is yeah he's great like you only find out about this whole maniacal thing to take over like the west coast or whatever (laughs) at the very end so yeah it i mean they drop little hints here and there but it's it's fun i i I love especially the very end of that where he's given like homer a motivational speech and then kind of throws him in like this underground train to yeah. get him out of there you know yeah it's it's awesome i love everything about that it's like whenever homer's walking out of that absolute battle scene and he's like kicks a grenade and it goes off you know that yeah. by him and like doesn't realize have a clue what's going on and 
Like he comes up to Hank Scorpio at one point and is like, "Hey, uh, is there any cream for my coffee or sugar for my coffee around here?" And he just reaches into his pocket and pulls out a handful of sugar and gives it to him. And he's like, "Do you want any cream?" And he's like, "No." no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are just so many like things about him that is just amazing. He's a great dude. But he's also a maniacal genius. It must be what it's like to work for Elon Musk. That's all I can say. So he was outside Probably. my top ten, unfortunately. But I love Hank Scorpio, voiced yeah, by he, Albert Brooks, by the way. Right. Uh, uh, it's he and he does an amazing job. <laughs> yes, it's perfect. It's just what it needs to be. And then the other one that was outside my top ten was Frank Grimes. Mm. Frank Grimes is a, a one episode hitter. A good dude. He basically points out all the injustices that is Homer Simpson. So. He works, you know, he's like this orphan who works his way up, works really hard, busts his ass to put himself through uh, law school. He lives under a bowling alley that's on top of another bowling alley. It's like he, he's got this hard life and just sees Homer who does absolutely nothing. And they basically have the same job at the power plant or Homer works right next to him. And he just can't stand how lazy Homer is and how off like he has, you know, the the wife and kids and the house and all this, and he has nothing for, to show for what all he's worked for. It's just he's an incredible character. He ends up dying in that episode because he just goes crazy and grabs a bunch of electrical wires and because <laughs> he just can't take the pressure. And so Frank Grimes, an amazing character outside the top ten for me, though. Right. All right. Pick. So let's start top ten. Brandon, do you want to start us off? Sure. <clears throat> So uh, my number 10 is Duffman. Oh, good pick. Okay. Just his over-the-top energy. Uh, anytime he comes into the episode, always made me laugh. Uh, and he was always sort of that quintessential, you know, uh, just kind of like that uh, representative of the Simpsons. Anytime they did like uh, the the Quickie Mart convenience store, things like that, you always had the Duff beer. And oh, yeah. anytime I saw that logo, I always thought of Duff Man. So, yeah. I love that. I, I think the, the gimmick of Duff was done the perfect way because it, yep. it comes up a lot, but also not too much. And it plays into a lot of the bits in the background and everything, too. So you don't necessarily have to focus on like the wording and everything. They do a lot of the naked gun kind of slapstick humor in the background and like billboards and things like that. So it, it works really well. We are fans of Leslie Nielsen on this show. Correct. Yes. Yep. All right, Carl, number 10 for you. All right, oddball pick, but I'm sticking by it. Bumblebee Man. Bumblebee Man. Fuck yeah. Bumblebee Man on Canal Ocho. Um, <laughs> he is. Yeah. He, he, uh, he definitely, he, he only has something like four lines that he says the mm -hmm. entire time. They're almost always in Spanish. And he has probably the least depth. Oh, yeah. Uh, outside of Duffman, right? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> But but somehow with his with his lack of lines, maybe even just with his physical comedy, like the them putting him in like telenovelas and everything, oh yeah, makes me laugh my ass off. I, every single time he shows up, I don't know why, but he's got <laughs> physical comedy aspect of stuff. It's always great. Um, huge fan of Bumblebee Man. It's a little bit racist, just a little bit, but not too much. It's just right. racy, I should say. Maybe, maybe they've got like legacy on the whole racism thing because <laughs> yeah. it's been around for so long they can keep like dabbling in it a little bit. All right. All right. My number 10. I couldn't decide between these two. So I'm putting them together because they're they're a pair really and truly. We're going to okay. go with Lenny and Carl here. Yes. 
you can't have Absolutely. Lenny without Carl. I mean, is that I agree with that? Is that fair? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the disturbing thing is when I looked into this a little bit, and this is probably from the the show going longer, but I never really realized their like gay type relationship undertones of like how close they are and some of the weird lines they say to each other and things like that of just like, see, this is why people think we're gay and stuff like that. You know, just like really random things and like, not that it matters, but it's just, that's always been like a really weird undertone of that show that I've never really thought much about until recently. Yeah, somebody could probably write a thesis on like the study of subtext between Lenny and Carl, uh, yeah. which is fine because that's about right. I mean, they've got they've got a lot to work with. They show up in a lot of episodes, and uh, they don't share a whole lot of lines, but their uh, their friendship and/or relationship is never really questioned. So it's uh, it's always a, an added value thing for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, number nine, Brandon. Number nine, I have Chief Wiggum. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he just, uh, he's always been one of the funnier characters, in my opinion. Uh, you know, uh, of course, him and his son, just the the shit that they say. But yeah, he's, uh, as far as, a, from a legacy standpoint, he's just one that I couldn't have, uh, you know, he had to make the top 10 list for me. I love that. I, I have him much higher, but we'll talk about that when we get there. And why? All right. And uh, and I I omit him, but but not oh. because I don't I don't love him. I mean I uh, like I said I kind of went off the reservation on my picks, but the uh, but the whole thing with Chief Wiggum I love is that no matter how idiotic he is or his son is, you can't help but love him. And yep. uh, their 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 entire demeanor is not unlike Homer, and that is it is lovable idiocy. And uh, and it's it's definitely kind of sprinkled in here and there, but I, I, it's it's always enjoyable. Chief Wiggum is the perfect person to be a cop because he's a lazy moron, and it just it just paints the right slapstick on on it, you know. And that's kind of what the show was always about was just kind of the lighter side of it. Because I mean, come on, like cops aren't really like that, but they kind of are. Like I just always think about that episode where Wiggum like they get there for the field trip and Wiggum sh- like parks his co- police cruiser up on the curb and is like walking in with a towel around his neck shaving with an electric razor and is like it's getting harder and harder to get here by 10 you know and it's like <laughs> that's not obviously a police officer isn't really like that like in, in real life like it can't really work like that or I hope not anyway and so yeah, Wiggum right. was the perfect representation for that no the the uh the the stuff I love about the Simpsons in general is that it kind of distills stuff down to its lowest common denominator a lot of times, but it has fun doing it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so they don't, they don't pull back any of their punches, obviously like throwing first responders and stuff like that and politicians and everybody involved. It's an equal opportunity offender, which is why I love shows like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to rag on every, denomination and every ethnicity and everyone and i and i i do enjoy that fact so yeah i don't necessarily believe that first responders are chief wiggum but i do enjoy the fact that uh that he is like some kind of caricature and uh and i love it i mean he's 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 absolute comedy gold (laughs) the suspect is under the sun now (laughs) (laughs) so stupid (laughs) 
The suspect is hatless. I repeat, hatless. He's like staring into the barrel of his revolver, <laughs> like, yeah, why isn't this working? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. When it's one of my favorite like Wiggum tangential episodes is whenever they uh, they enforce the Eighteenth Amendment in, in Springfield and they ban alcohol, and he right. gets fired, and he has to sell the trigger and most of the parts of his gun to feed his family and it's just like he, he's like that gun doesn't have a trigger he's like yeah, i had to sell it you know like so, <laughs> why do you have it you know just so stupid uh but yeah wiggum was always great that way man i i i have him much higher we'll we may touch a few things on more when we get there but for sure right, next for you carl next for me uh number nine is Rainier Luftwaffe Wolfcastle. Oh, Rainier Wolfcastle. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. My uh my my McBain love. Every single time you get to poke fun at uh at the governor, I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and of course he has one of my favorite lines of all time in Simpsons and when he's playing radioactive man where he says, My eyes, the goggles, they do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he just puts the goggles on as the acids coming at him. Yep. Yep. I uh I can't help but love that guy. Um, and uh, obviously he gets played into some larger bits when we talk about, uh, you know, Bart and like dating his uh, daughter and things like that later on. Um, it's, I don't know. It's just all awesome that he's driving the Canyon arrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later on. Later on. Um, it's, it's just awesome. I, I love everything about that character. Uh, even though he shows up uh, very little, and uh no he shows up the perfect amount i think he's a one note guy but but it's enjoyable every single time he's on there upon further inspection i'm wearing loafers (laughs) 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 he thought that this uh they told me the shoes were untied he stared at him for like two hours the sun went down (laughs) 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 upon further inspection i'm wearing loafers (laughs) i love that oh Oh, yeah no he definitely has his moments for sure and I, again, all I could ever picture is him putting those goggles on right before the acid hits because he's tied up to it. Yeah, so that's probably one of my favorite moments in all of Simpsons. So I had to throw that in there. That is one of the best tie-ins we've ever come up with on this show because number nine for me is Millhouse Van Houten. Ah, uh, nice. perfect. Who played Fallout Boy? That's which right. the The band is named after. If you didn't know that, I, I assume that was the case. Yeah, and they they had a lot of Simpsons themed stuff like early on in their music and stuff that was actually pretty cool. But um, I love Millhouse, man. Like Millhouse is, he gets the shit beaten out of him all the time, all the time. Oh, yeah. And one of my, my favorite Millhouse moment ever is whenever he is. So he's always in love with Lisa, right? Right. For whatever reason, and he is trying to pass a note to Lisa saying, "Guess who likes you?" And somehow it gets to Nelson, and Nelson, you know, and he opens up the note and Nelson turns and looks at him and Milhouse is like doing his oh so Lisa likes Nelson that's what it is and he has to give the note to her and, Mil- and he, she gives it to Milhouse to give to Nelson and so it says guess who likes you and he turns around and looks at Milhouse and he's like doing his fingers and like you know and his eyebrows go up or whatever and then the next scene is him just getting hauled out in a stretcher yep. <laughs> just gets his absolute ass kicked and that happens to him all the time or there's the weird episode the hockey episode which we talked about earlier when Marge keeps his teeth she won't give his teeth back. 
<laughs> yeah, he he is uh, he's absolute putty. You know, he gets his ass kicked all the time. His dad apparently very cool at the Cracker Factory. I will throw oh, that out there. Yeah, yeah, I love that episode where they're just like you can't imagine that they're actually having fun at the Cracker Factory, and it's just like amazing theme park level <laughs> shit happening at a Cracker Factory. So no, I I love uh, I love that and. And I, I obviously enjoy his dynamic with pretty much all the cast. And he's just such a little wiener, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Top-notch wiener. And, and, like, in fact, Homer calls him wiener. Like, there's an episode where he's, like, talking to Mr. Burns. Mr. Bur- it's the one we were talking about with Larry Burns earlier, whenever he, Roddy Dangerfield's on it. And he's like, uh, Mr. Burns asked Homer if, he, if his son ever brings friends home and forces him to talk to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, this wiener kid named Milhouse he just brings it up immediately like he knows who he is. But Milhouse just always randomly gets shit on and it just it makes me laugh every single time. I will say that Milhouse without glasses might be one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. So blind. His his so eyes blind. are just like dots, yeah, drawn dots. on his like giant yellow face, and it is it is scary as hell. That's that's like predator predator level to me. But <laughs> agreed. Okay, yep. So that's my number nine, Brandon. Uh, number eight is Principal Seymour Skinner. Hell yes. Okay. Good move. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Skinner to me was always really funny, especially with the. Uh, sort of the the weird relationship he had he has with his mother and uh want to say wasn't he also involved with like someone else like the superintendent or what was her name well so he was he's always being ruled by his mother and then he's always his boss is the superintendent who i found out so superintendent chalmers is his boss we've all talked about the steam ham thing to death right like that's that's a classic but Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah, Super Nintendo Chalmers. And I only today found out that his first name is actually Gary. I had no idea. <laughs> count, <laughs> count me in on that one, not they, knowing his first name is Gary. They've just always called him Superintendent Chalmers. So yep. always bossed around by him. And then he dated Edna Krabappel, the school teacher. That's right. The yeah. school teacher, yeah. Which is a great episode. That, that thing is unreal. We won't go into the details of that one, but it's a great one. Yep. That leads into my next one, but I don't want to. I don't want to jump in line here. So, uh, I love that pick, though. I, I think yep. Seymour was amazing. He's his real name is Armin Tanzarian. He's not even really Seymour Skinner. He assumed that identity, Don Draper style. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah and so he, about that. yeah, and so he just kind of wormed his way in as the principal and everything. And he's the ultimate dope. But there's always great. Like he's just a complex human being, you know. And he's. There's like times wherever there's an episode when Bart breaks his leg and he gets a telescope and he's looking at things around town at night and Seymour is at the school just sharpening a, a stack of pencils in the oh, yeah, old school like pencil a, sharpener. The take on like rear window or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, just and then, so weird. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, there's another one where it's like uh, Bart being Dennis the Menace to uh, Principal Skinner, which is a pretty classic episode. Yep. So, you can I'll, read yeah. my thoughts. I say I think things I would never say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Skinner, man. He's great. I, it's not a bad pick. He didn't make my top ten, but I, I don't hate where you're at. All right, Carl. All right, I've got a pretty esoteric one, but right. uh, my my choice is LT Smash or uh, Lieutenant Smash, the okay. surreptitious service man from uh, one of the Super Bowl episodes, I believe. Hell where- yeah. He uh, he was a music producer, 
that chose to get Bart and the boys together so they would create the party posse. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they came out with that massive hit song that, that had the chorus like Eva Netnia. <laughs> it was it, it like Lisa came up with it and they're like or found out that it was join the Navy backwards. And so <laughs> when, when like the lid was about to be blown off of it and uh, Mad Magazine was about to do a uh, a big reveal or parody, I guess, of the party posse. What uh, they found out, like Lisa removes like the period from LT and it's Lieutenant Smash, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. And, yeah, like the big reveal, and, uh, and they're on an aircraft carrier doing this thing, like for <laughs> of the troops. They are, yeah. And and he like takes over the like LT Smash takes over the aircraft carrier and rams it into Mad Maxine's headquarters. <laughs> and I'm like. I don't All know. Right. I, yeah, everything everything about that episode is one of my favorite episodes. Um, but the uh, you know, like the, the sabotage where they've got like the uh, the NASA machine that's supposed to make them sound like the Backstreet Boys yep. or whatever, <laughs> and then they flip it off in the middle of it and they sound awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. uh, yeah, they're all a bunch of tone deaf morons, and uh, no, I everything about that's awesome. But uh, LT Smash is. Uh, is probably one of my favorite uh, single hitter kind of characters and uh, love him to death, especially the fact that he, uh, the man hijacked an aircraft carrier. Yeah, he did. So yeah. remind me who was in the party posse. It was Bart Milhouse, Nelson, Ralph and Nelson. I think that's right. Yeah. Why was Ralph in there? Ralph's an idiot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to have Ralph in there. Yeah. I get it. Like, there's there's got to be the stupid one. I mean, and, Chief Wiggum was in the B sharp, so I mean, I guess that he has singing in his blood, so that makes sense. Oh, well, relatively speaking, of course, with NASA's help. But yes, I'm with you 100%. That is quite the obscure pick. I like it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not sorry. Okay. I, I don't think you should be sorry, though. I think that's obscure enough to... I mean, that's a that's a dinger of an episode. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites for sure. Okay. What about you, man? Next for me? Yep. Number eight is Gil Gunderson. Oh, Gil. So Gil Gunderson, for those that may not be as familiar, Gil Gunderson is always the struggling sales guy. He's right. always so close to making a sale, but just really is bad at sales. He can't do it. No, he can't do it. And, it, you know, he's got the wife that cucks him all the time. You know, he's got... He lives in a hot air balloon at one point. I mean, he, <laughs> you know, he and he's always selling something. It's always, oh man, I was so close. You know, he he's brilliant with it. He really refers is. to himself in the third person occasionally. Oh, Gil, he's talking himself up just like anybody would in sales. You know, he, he's he's the perfect failed salesman. I couldn't do without a little bit of Gil on this list. I feel good about the pick at number eight. Good pick. All right, next, Brandon. Number seven is the comic book guy. Ooh, oh, nice. Yep. So a lot of the episodes that have stuck with me are, you know, the episodes where I want to say is either Bart or Lisa, maybe both of them end up in the comic book shop at some point. But uh, I remember one episode where he's behind the counter and he's talking about, you know, issue number, blah, blah, blah. And, and then he starts talking about like, oh, well, that could be in the Spice series by Robert Ludlum. <laughs> <laughs> And He's I obscure. laughed because I knew, like, I, you know, like, I knew who Robert Ludlum was before, like, uh, you know, like, the guy who wrote the Born Identity series and all that. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, but 
his his uh i don't know it's just uh he's always had these really funny moments that have kind of stuck with me with the show i love that pick I, yeah he he's he hits all 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 cylinders every single time yeah and the comic book guy is not like the people who will pick apart this entire episode after it's released oh yeah probably so yeah on the <laughs> internet he'll register his complaints around the world in minutes Yes, yes, with the uh, joy of internet anonymity. It's like whenever the girl told him that she would date him as long as he promised to comb the sweet tarts out of his beard, and he told her to don't change. <laughs> said, don't change me, baby. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I love the comic book guy. He always plays that, like, I don't really give a shit store owner role really well, too, which is also oh, a yeah. good part of his character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very uninvolved, uh, more more concerned about chat rooms and internet hearsay than anything that's happening underneath his nose. Love it. Carl, what's next? Oh boy. Um, my next pick is Lyle Landley, the monorail salesman. <laughs> Hell yes. Uh, he's an absolute sociopath. Yep. Uh, he is a great singer though. He's got everybody on board. Great salesman. But, uh, yeah. Great salesman. Um, he has left a complete trail of ruin behind him with other monorail projects that have failed. And, uh, and he's gonna, he's gonna give his best shot here in Springfield. And I love every moment, moment of the episode, uh, definitely written by Conan O'Brien. And, uh, it's just every, everything about that from, uh, the chant monorail, you know, to just his, uh, what, what was it? Uh, it w- no, no, it wasn't North Havenbrook because no, that was that from, was right. Uh, was that right? Ogdenville okay. was one of them. Ogdenville, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Marge goes and investigates these places, and they were just like in ruins because com- of the monorail. Complete destruction, like Mad Max style. Yeah, no, the, it's the awesome. The thing I, I love that. about, and this episode is a great example of this. The thing I love about this show is anytime you get the townspeople together, the townspeople act ever bit like just a random crowd of people probably would because and they all just draw off of each other they're so easily swayed by people like Lyle Landley who can come in and sing a song and put on a good presentation and these guys just blindly vote for everything like it's such a dysfunctional city in general and it it's a perfect commentary on just a yeah. general crowd no the uh Simpsons was great about uh pillorying the mobocracy before it was even a word yeah and uh they they absolutely lit fire to that entire idea and uh they do it all the time like you said every single time the townspeople get together they make horrible decisions (laughs) and they're absolutely easily swayed and they're so uh, emotional about it all too no they are and and it's it's a perfect analogy to you know the kind of crap that we deal with even today so and also I love it. Just how fast the crowd will turn on people too. That's that's always a really good part of that as well. Oh yeah, on a dime. Oh, on uh, a dime. Whoever whoever makes that like near cogent thought, you yeah. know, just like that's it. Whoever that, that, raises the first guy. hand and says that's fucked up, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's gone. Can't happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, and so I think that's what's funny about Lyle Landley, though, is that he's able to talk them into this so easily. And, of course, he's, like, laying on a beach with a briefcase full of money. And, you know, it's 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 fantastic in all ways. So I love that pick. Yep. Thank you. All right. Number seven for me. Yep. I made it an audible. And I've already talked about this. So we don't have to talk about it again. 
in that you put some obscure ones in there, I had to do some moving around, which I've done a lot of in the last couple of days. I'm sticking Hank Scorpio in there at number seven because I have to. I can't have him outside the top ten. That's not fair. Ah, okay. All right. So honorable mention, we got number seven. I'll uh, move I'll on. Let, I'll let, yeah, keep it going. Yep. All right, Brandon, six for you. Uh, ha ha. Nelson. <laughs> Nelson. Yep. So, you know, Nelson's that atypical school bully. Uh, I think we, well, I know I had one when I was a kid. and Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's also kind of Bart and Milhouse's antagonist for sure. Definitely a catalyst for a lot of episodes, uh, especially with Bart. Uh, but, yeah, he's always provided that observational humor when it's really needed, uh, especially in the school or even when it's not even at school. And he just shows up and randomly laughs at whoever just got like totally you know shitted on <laughs> oh yeah usually by him or his friends yep even in the distance when he has no part in an episode he will absolutely like make the the uh, trademark laugh and everybody will know exactly what's happening <laughs> absolutely they play it at mavericks games whenever a team makes a bad pass out of bounds or something like that like it oh, yeah. it comes up yep the, I do love the episode whenever Lisa dates him and, and not even just because of the reason we talked about a little bit ago when Nelson just ground pounds Millhouse, but just because you get a little bit of look into Nelson's story and it's ever been as dysfunctional as you kind of think it would be. The yep. fact that his dad has a shooting car and he only has like 12 payments till it's paid off, you know, like and it's just a car that they shoot at in the backyard. You know, it's just he, it's yeah. No, he, he drags he drags all of the Simpsons into some weird shit. Uh, I mean, like especially uh, was, was it was it Nelson with the one that was uh, shooting like birds with a yeah. BB gun? Yeah, and then like Bart, you know, felt peer pressure and everything, and then killed the bird's yeah, mother. Yeah, killed the bird. Yeah, it just damn. I mean, Simpsons touch on everything. I it, mean, from trying to fix <laughs> fix a man to killing innocent animals. I mean, it's it's all there. And of course, Nelson just treated as like, eh, that sucks. You know, yeah. I'm gonna go take a nap. Bummer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Target no. practice. And of course, like, you know, like Lisa corrals him and turns him into this really nice guy and ends up being found out that he's throwing a bunch of old egg salad at Skinner's house in the, in the middle of the night and tries to hide it. Bart and Lisa's house, which is great. A great, like, commentary too like there's a scene there wherever he's like running from the cops and he throws something his shoe up at like the window to get lisa's attention and homer opens up the window and he's like lisa's room is over there and <laughs> just not even worried about the boy that's throwing a shoe at your daughter's window at two o'clock in the morning while the cops you know and just right. and just closes the window and goes back to bed you know just not even thinking about it homer's always good to play the negligent father at the right time Perfect. So you got a great look into what Nelson's like. So I, I love that pick. Carl? Uh, my pick, it's uh, number six, Hank Scorpio. Love it. Yep. Talk that one to made, death already. Made the cut. Yep. <laughs> Anything that stuck out to you about him that we didn't cover? Uh, I think I think we got it all. Um, you know, they uh, they definitely work a lot of Bond villain in. And and I enjoyed that thoroughly, and uh, and trying to juxtapose that with being the best boss ever is uh, is definitely. It's I mean, challenge. the fact that he's a he's a better boss than Mister Burns, right? And yet he's also <laughs> a failed megalomaniac. <laughs> so, right. uh, well, you yeah, don't know but, if he's failed though or not. Like the like the scene I was thinking about this right after we got done talking about it. Whenever he asked Homer. Which country do you like least, Italy or France? 
Nobody ever says France. <laughs> right. Or uh or the fact that he bought Homer the uh the Broncos. Denver Broncos at the end is that after he had been bragging about wanting to own the Cowboys, Cowboys. the whole time. Yeah. He's like, oh the Denver Broncos. And then like Elway throws a pass and it hits some dude in the back of the head. That was like the best way to end that episode ever. Sure was. It was all out of nowhere. Yeah, no, great pick there. Love that. Okay. Okay. So number six for me is Mo. Good. Good pick. Mo's an incredible bartender, a terrible friend. He hits on Marge constantly, calling her Midge, which gets me every single time. (laughs) And, you know, like, he's just overall pretty sleazy. He's not a great friend, but he's also kind of keeps Homer drunk and on his toes at the same time. He has really weird scenes where, like, he's keeping Shamu in his back room and... Is worried yep. about getting him back to SeaWorld. You know, there's just like really weird Mo scenes that pop up from time to time and Flaming Mo. Flaming Mo when he rips off Homer, whenever he Homer becomes a boxer and he's gonna fight fight Dredrick Tatum, who's an incredible character, by the way. Right. I mean, the, the best take on Mike Tyson you can have. I mean, that scene whenever he he's like being interviewed, he's like, if I could go back on my mother's stair pushing, I would certainly reconsider it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, you know. But you know, classic someone that would be involved with Mo. He's a great character overall, but just an asshole. But I love Mo nonetheless. Every episode with Mo, you can't go wrong, really, for the most part. Yeah, good recurring character like him. Uh, definitely not a moral paragon by any stake, but uh, a lot of fun to watch for sure. All right, Brandon. Uh, my number five is Millhouse. Hell yes. Okay. Uh, so just pretty much everything you've already covered. I mean, he was always that kid that got picked on. Um, just the hilariousness that ensued with him trying to get Lisa's attention, uh, getting beat up, uh, anything to do with hanging out with Bart in the treehouse, you know, oh, yeah. uh, not to mention the treehouse of horrors episodes. Always uh, great. Yeah. But yeah, just one of those classic characters that, yeah, he's it's a great. great. Pick. It's a great pick. Good pick. Uh, let's see. Number five for me was hi everybody. Oh, Doctor Nick. Nick. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Nick uh, is not someone who has a medical license. No. And uh, well, no, somehow, he went to Hollywood Upstairs Medical College. <laughs> that's right. And he uh, he somehow has got everyone around his finger as far as medical knowledge is concerned. Yep. So uh, the fact that he's gaslighting an entire town, if not an entire state is another great reason to love this guy but they're Uh, also i mean we already talked about it a little bit like the townspeople are just a bunch of sheep so they don't really care and he's always doing like you know gunshot wounds and stuff like that you know his waiting room is full of a lot of weird things happening oh yeah absolutely um but he is the affable non-doctor that everybody loves and uh everybody knows his his uh calling card so what well, we got uh they got them asking him medical information on the news and he gives all bullshit answers all the time. Uh yeah, I I love him. He's great. Whenever he's he uh di- diagnosed grandpa with congestive skin failure and he has him sh- he has the his nurses shock him with a golf cart motor every 10 seconds. Hell yes. <laughs> so ridiculous. Awesome. <laughs> you can't even shock somebody with a golf cart motor specifically. So I nope. love that pick. All right. Number five for me is Lionel Hutz. Mm, good move. Also known as Miguel Sanchez. He is an incredible lawyer, 
but he's the worst lawyer in the world. And he always acts with the utmost confidence, though. I mean, I always think back to this the episode whenever he's like, well, Mr. Simpson, don't worry. I caught an episode of Matlock at the bar last night. The sound wasn't on, but I think I got the gist of it. Yep. <laughs> One of the best classic. lines in all of Simpsons. Oh, Lionel Hutz is a good pick. And like whenever he gives out his business card and it says like, you know, no fee up front or whatever. And he's like, no. Oh, they've got all this screwed up. And he like puts a comma next to the no. And it's like, no fee up front. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> stupid. Just the ultimate. But he's always like, you know, a shysty lawyer. He's always like rummaging through the trash. There's that episode whenever they find him rummaging through their trash and they negotiate him to be their babysitter if he can keep the bird cage he found. You know, just <laughs> ridiculous stuff. And, you know, still got it. <laughs> He's just so proud of himself. He's the ultimate skeezy lawyer. Couldn't leave him off the list. Lionel Hutz is great. Oh, yes. All right, Brandon. Nice. Uh, number four, I have Ned Flanders. Hell yeah. Love great Ned pick. Flanders. So, yeah, Flanders, you know, I think the first episode I ever saw The Simpsons had Flanders in it. And, you know, he's the neighbor to The Simpsons. Uh, you're holier than thou type of neighbor that, you know, religiously follows the Bible to a T. And, of course, Homer is the, you know, lazy, drunk American that that tests him. And uh, that's what I like, their sort of dynamic where he's always testing him. Uh, and he just can't believe that Homer gets away with all the shit that he gets away with. Uh, and continues to live the life that he has. But the the one episode I, I remember is, I want to say it was a Bart that went and stayed with them for a little while. Oh, yeah. They got the yep. the kids taken away, and they went to live at the Flanders's. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, you get a real good look of what it's like to live inside the Flanders house. Like, with all the, like, every channel on cable was blocked, you yep. know? <laughs> Just, all the video games were, like, Bible-based or whatever that was. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had... And, nachos flanders styles which were like cucumbers with cottage cheese on top of them like <laughs> so bland and they like ice milk and just just a real bland guy but he's very nice he's the perfect neighbor to homer he homer tells him to fuck off and he just oakley doakley and he's gone you know and he doesn't really care and then there's always the episodes where he tries to break out and be more like homer like when they go to vegas together that's a ridiculous episode he yep. finds he's trying to approach Homer to figure out how to live life a little bit more on edge. And Homer's up on the roof while Bart is throwing tires into the fireplace and burning them. And Homer's cooking chicken with the smoke on top of the chimney, you know, just <laughs> in like a chef hat with a beer, you know, just ridiculous. I mean, uh, also not to mention that Flanders has got gains for days because he is more jacked than anyone in the entire show. Yeah, because he doesn't believe in eating carbs and all kinds of crap. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. I love Flanders, dude. That's a great pick. Good work. All right, Carl. What's next? My number four is Mayor Quimby. Oh. Uh, Mayor Quimby uh, is the true protagonist of The Simpsons and the Eternal Mayor of Springfield. He is uh, basically the the one-to-one comparison to every politician, like lowest common denominator that you can find. Um He's uh he's got that thick thick accent, a la JFK. Yep, and uh, <laughs> definitely modeled after Kennedy. Yep, but uh, but he's he, he, there's not one thing he does that doesn't make me laugh my ass off. <laughs> he's um, the perfect amount once again. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 in there exactly the right amount, and uh, yes, the quintessential politician. 
uh, Mayor Quimby is my pick. I like that. All right. Number four for me is Krusty the Clown. Uh, we've, I like it. Krusty is the ultimate sleaze ball. He's arguably the funniest guy in town, but not funny all at the same time. He has all kinds of weird ups and downs in his life. And the story is told inside and out on him many, many times. So it's always very interesting. His show is just bonkers. He's got Sideshow Mel and Sideshow Bob at different times, which is great. And overall, like I, I love the fact that he gambled his life savings against the Harlem Globetrotters. And <laughs> because he felt like the New Jersey Nets were due, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> unbelievable. And he's watching on TV and he's like, dribble the ball. Come on. <laughs> just unreal, man. Like he is. Uh, and you, of course, you come to find out that his life savings was like $14, you know, just uh, for a celebrity. It, it all kind of adds up. He's the per perfect shit show. You know, he thinks that, you know, whenever they spell out sex and children, you know, they're talking about sex in front of children or whatever, and they're trying to spell it out so they don't know what they're talking about. He blurts out the sex cauldron. I thought they shut that place down. It just, it, <laughs> all things like that just speak to crusty sleaziness, and I love it. Oh, I love every yes. second of it. <laughs> oh, man. So that's that's my number four. Good pick. It's a good pick. That is my number three. Okay. Nice. Which, uh, yeah, he's always down on his luck. Uh, I remember there was one episode where, wasn't it where Sideshow Bob framed him for yeah, for murder? Mm -hmm. Murder, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just everything that could go wrong always does for Krusty. So it's just it's one of those where it it always makes me laugh. Yeah, he's a he's an absolute cluster, and I love him. All right, Carl, number three, uh, my pick is Troy McClure. Oh, the okay. late Phil Hartman. Love and uh, he, uh, there's not one moment where he says, you may rem remember me from, from certain things such as, and then he fills in complete bullshit. Just a I ridiculous film. <laughs> yep. Every, every time it's like self-help or uh, like infomercials or just anything just tragically shitty. The and, meat and council. <laughs> yep. The meat council. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's. He's a great character. He's in a lot of just random things, but he's always the infomercial guy. Phil Hartman was incredible on this show and all the voices that he did because they were always about the same, but they were great whenever they came up. And yeah, they, it always worked. You know, he played to type, and and I and I always made me laugh. So, but Troy McClure was quintessential Phil Hartman for me on that show, and uh, and that's what made me probably laugh the most as far as his characters go. And uh, he finds his way into everything. Well, at least, you know, while he was around. So, And even after that, they got the voice pretty close, but it was never exactly right. Right. All right. So number three for me is Kent Brockman. Ah, uh, yes. The news anchor. Hard-hitting news. Yep. Hard-hitting news. Mm. I mean, he just... Man, there's not a thing that he says where I'm not laughing my ass off hysterically like whenever they have the saint patty's day parade we were talking about earlier and he's like we're at, you know on saint patty's day when everybody's a little bit irish except for the gays and the italians <laughs> unbelievable to say on the news you know yep not not politically correct at all uh no. always thinks that he is politically correct though and that's where like the self-deprecating part comes into it right <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the fact that he hails the ants so quickly, like he yep. jumps onto that cat- that train immediately. And fun fact, every single Monday for the past at least eight months, I've sent Caitlin a picture of Kent Brockman on Monday morning and just said Brockman Monday. <laughs> every every Monday. Running bit in the J Mac household. Yep. I like it. Hasn't stopped. I have a thing that reminds me every every Monday morning. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> it just yeah. Gets your, your week off to a little bit of a great start. You just kind of think of some of the ridiculous things he says. He's he's a great character. So number three for me, Kent Brockman. Good move. That's really good. Uh one thing that I like about that segment, the news segment, is it became such a staple and such a part of you know the legacy of the Simpsons that whenever the creators went to do Futurama, they had to do the new segment yeah uh, and i like that it kind of continued into that other project i agree with that i think that's that's some of the neat things about futurama if you know about the simpsons well you can kind of know that they weave that kind of thing into it because it's very much in the same vein yeah, yeah and it's it's very similar but it's also different enough because they riff off of at least the show boating single news anchor with kent brockman brockman mm-hmm. but they uh in in futurama they riff off the uh the couple's news anchor you know that dynamic between yeah. you know the the man and the woman or alien and woman or whatever the hell it is but it's uh it's it's always as it's always a fresh take there's plenty of actual uh material there so i know I, i've always loved it we may have to talk some futurama at some point too god i love futurama oh yeah me too yeah we're gonna have to get back to that so my uh my number two pick is groundskeeper Willie. Hell yes, I was wondering if he was going to come up. Yep. Yeah, he's so, not on mine, yeah. but I he's very close. Very close. Yep. So he's the groundskeeper to the school that uh, Bart and Lisa go to. Uh, I want to say I see that's where I kind of get lost if if it was a treehouse a horror episode or or something where he was like shinning. It might have been that, yeah, where he was yeah. a central character of it. Trying to get and, sued. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you get to learn a little bit about his past and how sad it could be. But, you know, he always has a like a funny delivery to everything he says. He lives in a shack behind the school. That's right. It gets filled with uh, applesauce at one point. Only, only character that is more Jack than Flanders. For sure. Big yep. into grease. Big grease big, guy. Big grease guy. Retirement big. grease is what he saves, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was uh, also known as Grinskeeper Willie, whatever he does, mm-hmm. you know, stand up. He was never afraid to get up on stage and make a complete fool of himself. And it typically resulted in nobody laughing and him storming off the stage pissed off, which was always great, too. And then everybody laughs because he's mad and then he thanks everybody. You know, that's always kind of how it went with him. But yeah, that's a great pick. I There's a... A Treehouse of Horrors episode, we'll talk about where he dies in every single one of them. And it's always in a great way. It's, let's say, we'll get there later on because I think that's a Halloween thing we talk about. But oh, yeah. There's some great Willie stuff around the Treehouse of Horror episodes specifically, but he always comes up in a great way. Like whenever Nelson throws him the beehive, he's like, hey, catch the football, and it's a beehive. <laughs> so yep. great. Yeah, so great. I love, I love that pick. All right, Carl. Oh, boring mountain Carl picked the same guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. yeah. I it knew we were going to converge happen. at some point. It was going to happen, but yes, I do. Uh, I do love myself some groundskeeper Willie. Uh, primarily, the stuff that I love about Grind- groundskeeper Willie is the Treehouse of Horrors episode. Uh, we've already talked about that kind of uh, keeping that in the back pocket for later. So, 
uh, I'll go ahead and do that. But yeah, there's there's so much groundskeeper Willie in Treehouse of Horror that uh, it makes you laugh every single time you see him. Love so. that. All right, number two for me is Chief Wiggum. All right, yeah, he was high up there for me. No, I, that makes sense. I, I love like they even have a spinoff show of his where he has a crime detective agency in Louisiana and he busts a bunch of drug dealers and Ralph is his main sidekick. It's just the whole thing's ridiculous, you know. And, why not? Yeah, why the hell not? You know, and he just his ineptitude. We've talked about his management is great. Uh, we didn't even talk about Lou and. Uh, That's right, his deputies and everybody. Yeah, Lou and what's the other guy's name? It's not Carl. It's something no. like that though. But uh, but anyway, you know, he's always, Lou, I'll bust you down to sergeant so fast. Well, chief, I'm already a sergeant. Well, I'll bust you down again then. You know, just, <laughs> you know, no real management. You know, boys, boys. <laughs> always having to That's break right. him up. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, so I love Chief Wiggum. Number two for me there. Good move. Yep. All nice. right, Brandon. Top pick. My number one. Number uh, one. Yeah, number one character is Mo. Hell yes. I don't just, hate not at number one at all. Yeah, Do not just, begrudge that. Yeah, everything that you guys have covered, but also on top of that, you know, just uh, his commentary on everything, the bad advice he always gives, uh, not to mention the interaction, <laughs> and the interactions he has with Bart when he calls in. Uh, oh, my uh, God. How did we not talk about the <laughs> oh, prank that's calls? That's a good point. Holy that's cow. a good point. Yeah. Oh, just man. hilarious. Yeah, huge ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seymour butts. Yeah, he had all kinds of them. Those were great. Yeah, no, that he can't miss screaming over the telephone. It's really, it's just like the bartender that just has such a short fuse. He's perfect for it. He really is. Yeah, and I think I learned. I think I learned prank calling from Bart and Mo. I mean, like oh, yeah. really, like figured it out thanks to them. So it's again, parents, you failed. Why was I allowed to watch the show when I was younger? <laughs> we don't have time to talk about it right now. We'll get to this at some point when we're slowed, maybe later on this year. But I, uh, I, there was a, so in that same vein, that's where I kind of learned prank calling too. And there used to be this plumbing company that was one number off of my best friend's like house whenever you memorize your, your friend's phone numbers because that's what you did. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I used to, and then I'd realize it whenever they'd answer, and I would just harass the hell out of this place all the time. Like, I would just make up the most ridiculous stories about how things got shoved down my drain and, like, all, you know, just because I was like, I'm already on the phone with these guys, and they just used to hate me. So, anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about that and some of the things I came up with. But I learned that kind of thing from Bart Simpson. So, maybe you got, that's right. Maybe you guys' parents was on to something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I was I was definitely not allowed to watch this show. And that's a perfect example why. So Yeah, not harassing local plumbing establishments. Got it. Yeah, maybe not the best move. Okay. All right, so where are we at? Me. Uh, Carl. Yep. Uh, number one, uh, my choice is Sideshow Bob. Awesome. Uh, I, I love a good villain. And the fact that Kelsey Grammer voiced anybody in the simpsons let alone basically evil fraser uh made me laugh my ass off i i love it um he is uh maniacal he is brilliant he has a great tragic story that has no basis in reality None. none and uh and his obsession with killing bart is eternal it really is so yeah i mean it's it's uh it's one of those characters that I remember is so memorable to me that uh, when I was going through this, I already knew who my number one was before we even started. 
So it's uh, it may it may seem like an odd pick overall, but uh, I I can't get enough sideshow Bob. It, I mean, he has the tattoo across his chest that says "Die Bart Die," and this is another character that's always able to win the townspeople over somehow. He knows how to put on a show, and when they ask him about the tattoo that says "Die Bart Die," he says that it's German for "The Bart The." You know, just and oh, okay, and they all just buy right into it. They always yeah, do, why not? You know, like, yeah, it just oh, you know, you know how they are. I, I don't hate that at all. I love Bob. I love Frazier, and I love Kelsey Grammer, so, like, that helps this. I mean, the fact that Sideshow Cecil comes up, which is David Hyde Pierce, Niles from Frasier, right. it's like a whole episode kind of built around a Frasier episode. It's perfectly well done. Yeah, and it's very they're good. perfect bro- bickering brothers, and I, lo- I mean, everything that Bob gets into is fantastic. I, I, I love it. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Good. What's your pick? My number one is C. Montgomery Burns. I, uh, you know, I was wondering if that was going to be anybody's number one, which yeah. I totally get. And this changes on a day-to-day basis, too, for sure. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he's got staying power, though. I oh, mean, he d- oh, he's got the top five staying power, no doubt about it. But yeah. Burns has the right amount of evil and maniacal, but also kind of a nice old man. And he has Smithers, who is his loyal assistant, who does everything for him, who's clearly into dudes and, (laughs) you know, never wants to admit it, has weird naked pictures of Mr. Burns on his computer. Uh, Just overall, though, Burns is a great character. You learn a lot about Mr. Burns, and I think it's around season seven when they go on the the nature hike and him and Homer are paired up together and they get avalanched into the cabin and they build the snowmans of themselves. And it, it just... You learn a lot about Burns there. He kind of becomes like a little bit of the everyman, but he kind of reverts back into the rich snob. And he's really shady. There's the episode where he sold the, the the power plant to the Germans. That's a great one. All kinds of stuff like that. Mr. Burns, a great character. Number one for me today. Yeah, his uh, his interaction with Maggie, obviously a big deal. Yep. Uh, his, uh, his blocking out the sun, huge. Um, Oh man, I can't even start to fathom where where that whole thing ends. Um, I loved when they tried to take blood from him and they stuck the needle right through his arm. Um, yeah, no, every everything about this guy uh, is he he deserves a number one spot in one of our lists. So whenever he had the, all the diseases and it was it was like cramming all of them through a door, so like none of them really took hold because they were all trying to. <laughs> All they were all just combating each other basically, and it just had this weird balance of like, okay, you know, yep. the fact that he has a mother that's still alive, <laughs> mm-hmm. she had an affair with President Taft. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, unreal. He never ceases to amaze me, nothing surprises me with Mr. Burns. He gets into these good situations and ultimately turns out rotten as usual. A great character, yeah, yep. rounded out. That was a lot of fun, guys. That was fun. Yep. I'm glad we ran those down. I think, I mean, we could talk about this stuff for hours more, but, you know, that was, I think that's in essence the great part about this show is just how versatile it is and why it appeals to different people of different walks. And I I just, I will never get enough of this show. I'll never stop watching them just in the background because I've seen them so many times that I can just kind of listen and still kind of follow along, which I love about it. So a fantastic show. Glad we did it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely, man. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up for the week. We would remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's at Sensibly Loud on Instagram and Twitter and Sensibly Loud Media on Facebook. Make sure to give us a call. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear what you guys want to talk about. That number is 972-885-9361. So leave us those voicemails, and we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Sensibly Loud Radio.